everyone. Welcome to Throwdown Thursday Podcast. I'm Agent Nicole, and this is episode... Oh my god, what episode is it? 58? 59, asshole. Oh. <laughs> Damn, I was really close. And as always, I'm the one who fucks up. It's Agent Nicole. And with me, as always, the man with all the science facts, the one who's louder than everybody in the room, Patsy the Angry Nerd. I do what I can. You know, I, I did train at the Gilbert Godfrey School of being louder than everyone in the room. Did you ace it? Uh, no, I lost to Sam Kinison. Aw, womp womp. That's a reference that uh, you kids won't get, but uh, you grown-ups out there will understand. And as always with us is our luscious lush of them all, the lady with the pink hair, Ashes Ashes for Nightmare. Hello, darlings. We're having a pajama party up in here right now. I know, I'm excited. I was going to wear my Bob's Burgers pajamas, but then I didn't have a nice shirt to go with it, so I was like, whatever. You can wear any any shirt. I know. You do I don't know that. why. Your pajamas don't have to match. I'm, That's I'm a big true. fan of the uh, mixed match pajamas. Mm-hmm. I already pulled the dynamo and took my pants off. Hey! Uh, and always the man that makes it sound very, very nice. Johnny Wolfenstein. I wish I could do that for myself. Just kidding. You uh, have a very nice voice. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. It's bootylicious, as, as as we've heard on previous episodes. Yes, That's it true. is bootylicious. <laughs> How's everybody doing? I need a nap. All well, right. Just, I can't uh, complain, you know. I can. <laughs> what are you going to complain about today? My back hurts. Like, my neck hurts. I have this weird growth on my back. It turns out to be a gummy bear. Like, it was really weird. That's just disturbing. Yeah, but I don't remember the last time I ate gummy bears, so... That's that's the disturbing part. (laughs) Did you not have gummy bears when you had your, like, six-hour movie festival drive-in a couple weeks ago? No, uh, and it was longer than that. Like, we we saw... We went to the drive-in near us, and we saw... um, We saw uh, Spider-Man, Spider-Man Homecoming, and then there was an intermission, and then there was Wonder Woman. Wonder Woman! And then, which we'd already seen, but was so good even the second time around. Yeah, like, seeing it again, it doesn't lose any of its impact at Mm -hmm. all. Like, it's still just amazing. Even when you know stuff is coming. Although I will say there's nothing compared to that first, well, that's what I'm here for, and then climbing out of the trench. Like, that scene was just unfucking real. Mm. But uh, after that, like, that got over around, like, 1.30 in the morning, quarter of two. Because it didn't start till eleven. Mm-hmm. Well, and no. then, yeah, yeah, and then it was Guardians. Thirty. Well, yeah, and it was Guardians of the Galaxy two. After that, now the drive in the movies themselves they started around eight thirty at night. So just as like the sun had gone yeah. down enough to actually start showing the movies. Yeah, motherfucker didn't get over till after four o'clock in the morning. Ten past four. Oh my god, <laughs> it was such a late night, and I had been up since like six thirty the morning yeah. before. So I was just I drove. Exhausted. Yeah, he drove. I was exhausted, <laughs> but totally worth it. I know Absolutely that that drive-in's it. doing multiple films. I think they're doing like the next one is like the emoji film. Oh and fuck that. And some other film and another film. Yeah, oh, no, Spider-Man. Well, they did. They just did, uh, when we were there, they had the kids' side where they did uh, the Emoji movie and... Um, I think it's Minions. The Minions. Uh, the Despicable Me 3. Yeah, I think that it's was... Minions 5, whatever. <laughs> They're all the... 
There, it's all the same goddamn movie at this point. You know, buy a minion toy three. Um, but yeah, I don't know what. Uh, like we had only been there before uh, twice. We went last year. We saw um, Rocky don't Horror breathe. and and oh. uh, Willy Wonka. Yep. And then we went with uh, Chris and Kex and some other folks, and we saw um, Don't Breathe and uh, the Blairosaurus Rex Project. Oh, there goes my pen. Trapping shit already. But yeah, it was good. It was totally worth it. So, like, it's in Menden in Massachusetts. And even if it's kind of a hike for you to get there, it's, I mean, unless you're in, like, another state, then you might want to reconsider. But, um... Slay it might not be worth it for you. Yeah. But, you know, it's it's definitely worth the hike because it's only $27 a car load. Yeah. So if you see, good. you know, seeing two people for one movie, like, that's the cost of, like, a normal movie theater. But you see at least two movies at the drive-in. Yeah. Yeah, right now they're playing Spider-Man and Wonder Woman without Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah. And, like, the concessions are awesome. Like, I'm all about the fried dough that they have. Five dollar fried dough. Right? Like, get in my belly. But, uh, yeah, it was awesome. Like, I really enjoyed the new Spider-Man movie. I think Tom Holland is just adorable. He's adorable. And he's a very good Spider-Man. Especially, you know, like a younger Spider-Man. Mm-hmm. Like, he's a kid playing a kid. Mm-hmm. He's not like some 30-year-old playing a kid in high school. Like, yeah. he's in his, what, like, not he's even... 20. Yeah, he's, he's like... 20. Just barely 20. He's, like, barely legal, you know? Thank As opposed God. to Tobey Maguire. <laughs> you know, playing a 15-year-old. Tobey Maguire was 37 when he played. He had, like, you know, white hair, and he's like, oh, I'm in high school, and he's walking around with a cane. But I just, I thought it was great, and seeing Wonder Woman again was great, and Guardians of the Galaxy 2, um, not as great as the first yeah, one. It was still funny. I still found it entertaining, uh, but I definitely definitely think that the first movie of that particular part of the franchise was definitely a lot better than the second but uh what about you agent nicole what have you been up to um nothing really exciting other than i have comic-con this weekend so i'm really really excited for it um i'll be in boston trying not to get in trouble because i tend to get in trouble when i'm in cons either if it's bloody noses or crying fest or getting spoken to (laughs) (laughs) oh like wrecking michael rooker's uh podcast yep middle of that yep that one or being skimushed by the uh guys from the game of thrones yep Oh my god, speaking of Game of Thrones, guys, can we just can we just take a couple of seconds to talk it about the most recent that, episode? <laughs> that got episode oh, got hot. Hey, I, I don't I don't god. know if I uh, Yes, he has. You were not it. in the room when okay. he made a comment. I'm not I'm not going to give any spoilers because I I'm know some people sure. don't have the opportunity to watch it like as soon as it airs. As of this some recording, uh, our our good friend Nikki from the Punch Farm podcast has not been able to see it because right. she works too much. Exactly. Some people don't have the opportunity. I'm not going to give any spoilers, but oh my God! Oh my God! Like, when the Jedi showed up, yeah, <laughs> that was the best part. I I do enjoy the um, the fantasy draft that we've got going on that um, Patrick has created for a bunch of us in his little closed group on Facebook for Game of Thrones spoilers and fun. I am totally. I'm like debating. Most likely going to get that T-shirt of Greyjoy's hot dogs because that's your team name. That's my team name. So. Should we should we tell people what our team names yes. are? Yes. So, so 
Patrick set up a, um, it's like a Game of Thrones fantasy draft. So kind of like mm-hmm. fantasy football, you choose players to be on your team. Mm-hmm. We have a 14-team league. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Every week, you know, your characters earn points by doing certain things like drinking, having sex, having incestuous sex, killing, uh, killing people. people, killing main characters, talking shit, dying, being witty, being I, funny. It's yeah. a little unfair because there's two people that have incestuous sex often. Right. And I have one of them. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that's big points. <laughs> well, and my get... brother-in-law has the other character, yes. so we're, we're hashtag uh, team only, incest yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. <laughs> it only makes sense. Well, I mean, you know, certain people are, are weighted against certain things. Like, you know, you have a character like Cersei, who, yeah, will have incestuous sex. Like that was evident from episode one. But she's also not going to go out and be in the middle of a battle scene and kill somebody. She's so. going to kill a dragon. No, she's not going to kill shit. Spoiler alert, she's going to kill a dragon. She's not like, going to kill No, shit. she's going to do no, it. She's, she's going to kill a dragon this season. No, she's Maybe not this season, maybe next season, but she's going to do it. She's going to sit there and complain and be like, ooh, why doesn't everyone like me? Blasphemous. Oh, is it because I murdered people? Blasphemous, you're full of shit. No, absolutely so not. Much. She's going she's gonna to sit there. She's going to sit there on her throne, <laughs> the Iron Throne, with her, her perfectly silver polished crown, mm-hmm. and gold. she is going to tear shit up. She is going you to can't fuck tear up shit some up lives. While sitting she, on a throne. Yeah, uh, yeah, she can get other people to do it for her then because she's, she's smart. Then she's not doing it. Then she she's not smart. doing it. Yeah, oh no, she is Anyways, doing it because she's she has mind control <laughs> over <laughs> other people. <laughs> she can get other people nope, to do the wrong, work, dirty work eh, for her. Wrong, this nope. is why the draft has caused a lot so of anyways, issues. Yeah, so anyways. Shout out to Kurt who finally got some points and isn't in last place. Although condolences to Corey and El Goro, who are currently languishing in last place. Yeah, but with you know what? Points. With in the Game of Thrones, you never know what's going to happen. Yeah. From Stephanie episode to episode, is uh, so. Stephanie is still winning as as of this recording. Stephanie is winning with two hundred fifty five points. She has been in first place since week two when we started because I found out about this whole draft thing mm-hmm. uh, at the premiere episode when I went over my brother's house and he was doing a draft and I was like, oh my god, this is amazing. Let's do this. And I ended up like recruiting I'm, thirteen I'm doing it other people with my other friend as well. We're doing a draft. We so are doing draft two. Everybody only has four four characters because there were fifty six or fifty seven available characters mm-hmm. to draft, and there was fifty six. So we got Evil Corny, we got uh, Wiley, we got El Goro, we got you two, we got myself, we got a couple of folks that we work with. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what is your team name, Patsy? Oh, my team name. I have the best team name, and people actually complained that I took their team name. Uh, my my team. Uh, I am known as the God of Tits and Wine. Nice ashes. So um, I decided to go a little witty and a little punny yeah. with with my team name, and I kind of spoofed on RuPaul's Drag Race. Mm-hmm. The uh, Shantae, you stay, sashay away. Yeah. My team name is Cersei, you stay, sashay away. I like that. It's very clever. And mine, at 7.30 in the morning, because I got an angry text message from the Mr. Angry Nerd saying, Figure out a name. Get in the draft. And so I almost went with Fish Market, but I was like, no, no. So mine is Greyjoy's Hot Dog Stand, <laughs> which, <laughs> which, my womp, mom womp. which my mom didn't understand. But when um, we were drafting, I was currently at the casino for, I had family visiting for my birthday. And 
we're at the slot machines and I'm like, Mom, we can't go. Why not? Because I'm in a fucking draft right now. So I'm playing the slots while drafting and winning and drafting and winning. And then I was like, okay, okay I'm done. Well, I mean, it could have been worse. You could have been drafting and losing. Yeah, that's true. I could have. That's what she did in the fantasy league. Not yet. Hey, it's only week four. Yeah, Ashes and I are like tied. Yeah. We are tied. And your guys are way behind. Way behind. You know what, buddy? You can potentially get no more points this season. Uh, I think not. I have Jon Snow. Yeah, but who 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 else do you have? I have Randall Tarly. I have Grey Worm. Hmm. And I have Tycho Nestoris, who I think is not Tycho Nestoris. Did did Grey Worm get, get points for having sex? Yes. Yeah. Because Patrick <laughs> and get, I got points, points for that. They break it down. They break it down where you get points for... Uh, you get five points for PG-13 nudity, 15 for butter boobs, 25 for showing off the whole shebang. That's literally how they uh, yeah. how they write it on the scoring sheet. I was excited. I got a lot of points out of that. 25 points for sex. Yeah. Uh, I think it's 40 points for incestual sex. You only get 15 if you have sex with a random person, but if you have mm-hmm. sex with another drafted or known character, you get 25 for that. Mm-hmm. So she has Missande, and I have Grey Worm, <laughs> and she's like, you look like a Ken doll. Yeah. But anyways, as we differ... Spoiler. Yeah. Um, so getting back to what's today's episode, we are going to talk about the master of suspense, Alfred Hitchcock, whose birthday will be this Sunday. So happy we, birthday! Happy birthday! Uh, you know, you oh wait, know. isn't he dead? Yeah, he oh. did. He no, did. He's listening right now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. From <laughs> beyond <laughs> the grave. <laughs> yeah. So before we get into deep, 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 deep discussion about him and his films and the portrayals that um, two well-known actors have done of Alfred Hitchcock, I have a question. Well, actually, it was Ash's question that kind of sparked it. So thank you again. Um, so the question is, if you could take any of the re- uh, if you could take any of Alfred Hitchcock's films and remade it today, who would you cast as some of the main characters, and who would you want to direct it? So Ashes. Okay, so it, it's my own question, and I had a kind of a difficult time thinking about it. You can have more than one and, answer. Um, well, one of my favorite Hitchcock films is The Birds because I think it's just so brilliantly done. Yeah. Um, so I would want to remake The Birds and I think we talked about this mm-hmm. and I kind of went back and forth a little bit but I decided on you know ultimately I think the answer that I originally came up with what I spoke with you yeah. um, about Agent Nicole is ultimately what I went with so I would want David Lynch to direct it yeah and I would want Naomi Watts, not Sienna Miller, <laughs> Naomi Watts uh, as Melanie Daniels. That's Tippi Hedren's character. Yeah. And uh, Kyle MacLachlan. I mean, seeing as it's David Lynch, let's keep with uh, David Lynch characters oh, or uh, actors that he pr- uh, prefers to work with. Um, Kyle MacLachlan as Mitch Brenner. I like that. That's really good. So I think that both of them, I think David Lynch could add like a, I mean, the whole premise of the birds is just so like, it's just, it's an uprising of birds. Like these, yeah. you know, innocent creatures or you perceive to be innocent, mm-hmm. just, you know, kind of going hysterical and crazy yeah. and attacking people. And I think David Lynch could add definitely like a, like a very, a, a, a 
creepy, like mysterious aspect yeah. to it. Um, you know, I think if he brought his style of filmmaking and directing to the movie and obviously, you know, working with actors who have worked with him before, actors yeah. who he prefer to work, uh, prefers to work with, you mm-hmm. know, Naomi Watts and Kyle McLaughlin, I think that they would just do an excellent job. I think it, I, I really... I would I, watch it, like, watch in a heartbeat. I would. Patrick? Well, I also, because uh, The Birds is one of the best movies, um, I also picked... Uh, actually, I, I did two, but... It's okay. I'm going to do two as well. So. I did The Birds, starring Jennifer Lawrence... In the title role, mm-hmm. with uh, because I like their on-screen chemistry, uh, Bradley Cooper, and mm-hmm. directed by Fady Alvarez because I think he would do a good job with that. And then who's that? Sorry, Dana, some of us are not familiar. Uh, Fady uh, did the Evil Dead remake. Yes. Oh, and then okay. He also did gotcha. Don't breathe. Okay. Yes. Gotcha. Yeah, I was okay. Like, drawing a blank. I kept wanting to say Blair Witch, but I knew that was wrong. <laughs> Okay. But we saw Blair Witch with Don't Breathe, yes. so I think that's why. Um, and then Rear Window with Ellen Page instead of Jimmy Stewart. Ooh. Directed by, uh, because I want it to have a lot of tension, and I want it to be very, like, uh, gripping edge-of-your-seat action, uh, Jeremy Salnier, who did Green Room. Ooh. Oh, nice. Yes. So those would be mine. That's good. Um, for me, um, I'm going to do Spellbound, which came out in 1945 um, with Gregory Peck and Ingram Bergman. And for the role of Dr. Anthony Edwards would be Michael Fassbender. Because he's... I, I know... Um, because Ma- Michael Fassbender. Like, yeah. you don't need an explanation. <laughs> it's okay. We get it. Michael Fassbender. And then for... The female role, um, I had two actresses for Dr. Const- uh, Constantine Peterson, um, Rosamund Pike, who was in Gone Girl. Oh, yes. I thought she was yep. phenomenal. Um, and the other one was Rachel McAdams, but I think I'm going to go with Rosamund Pike because she's just phenomenal. And for the Dr. Um, Mer- Merchinson, the um, Antagonist uh, Christoph Waltz because mm-hmm. who doesn't love Christoph Waltz again? Like no explanation yeah. needed because Christoph Waltz like that's and why. I think for my director would be um, Darren um, Aronsky who did okay Aronofsky yeah Aronofsky yeah. whatever um, just because there is a dream sequence in the film that was done by Salvador Dali and I think he would do a fantastic job with it especially if you got if any of you guys listeners have seen the new trailer for his new film called Mother. It's with Jennifer I want to see that. I do so too. It looks so damn good. And then the other one would be um, the film Rebecca, which is actually my absolute favorite film by Alfred Hitchcock um, for Max D. Winter. I would have either John Hamm or Benedict Cumberbatch as the husband who kind of lost his wife with the mysterious side. Um, the second D. Win- Mrs. D. Winter would be Emily Blunt because Emily Blunt, and then the antagonist um, Mrs. Danvers, um, Helen Mirren, because Helen Mirren, yeah. and like- then it would be directed by David Lynch because there's a lot of um, just a lot of tension, and I just see like blood all over the place and the color red. So yeah, 
Um, if you have a, a film that you would like to see, an Alfred Hitchcock film out there, you lovely listeners, let us know that you of who would be in your dream casting, main characters, directors, scores, all of the above. Let us know. Hit us up at threadonthursdaypodcast.com or g- at gmail.com. At gmail.com. Or let us know on Twitter, which is pat at Patrick Ray Hall at Va- Nick Tompkins. Or Nick Tompkins. I was thinking of Ashes. I can't think <laughs> Miss Von Nightmare. Miss Von, Von Nightmare. Nightmare. So let us know. Um, other than that, let's head to a break and we're going to talk some Hitchcock. You said cock. Cock. Trick or Treat Radio is a phantasmagorical spin kick straight through the heart of pop culture, navigated by the Deadites. We are the world's greatest electroshock band, we destroy monsters, we drink booze, and we win championship belts. If you're not listening to Trick or Treat Radio, here's a taste of what you've been missing. There's three guarantees in life. What are they? Death, taxes, and Trick or Treat Radio every Friday morning. This is one of the most convoluted movies I've ever seen in my life. I'm fucking trying, man. Hi, hi, hi. Oh, yeah. Hey, hey, hey. Oh, yeah. It's like you took a shit on a pile of shit. But you shit on him right. for liking what he likes. Yeah, well, it's my job. This podcast is now banned in Germany. <laughs> it's me, Giovanni Lombardo Radici. Shut up. I call bullshit. I demand someone to bring me the face of Lindsay Okay. If I had genitals, I would definitely bang her. Oh, wait. She's a great big fan person. You just hit the jackpot. This is a weird movie, huh? It had action. It had suspense. It had great characters. It had great acting. I'm going to strangle you with my jockey short. I don't like mobster movies. All right, well, here's my take. You're a sick fuck. Thank you. Now shut the fuck up and let me talk. Have you ever seen 2001? The okay. box, right? The box and the monkey. Available on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and trickortreatradio.com. Arrivederci. Douchebags. Hi, this is Samantha Newark, the voice of Jem and Jerrica from the original Jem and the Holograms cartoon series. And you are listening to Throwdown Thursday on the Grand Guineal Network. Fueled by tacos, beer, and Bloody Marys, the only show featuring baby Jesus with a nail gun, the pride of PA and the show with the eye of the tiger, ladies and gentlemen, Punch Farm. Hey, this is Mark from Punch Farm. I'm here with Mark Dose. Hello. I'm here with Alicia. Hello. I'm here with Nikki. Hey. Join us every Monday as we talk about life, tacos, beer, and movies. You can find us on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and punchfarm.com. Keep on punching <laughs> it! had like a little proposal over here patsy just gave me the ring off little like like what is it dr mcgillicuddy dr mcgillicuddy well no i know what that's called i know what the alcohol is called i'm trying to think of what the little ring guy is called you know like the 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 closure the the seal the seal the ring seal yeah when you have to twist the top off the thing that connects it to the yeah 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 off of off of his little Nip of, of root beer yeah. schnapps. That one is actually pretty good. I'm, I I'm, I do like Dr. McGillicuddy's. So. I'm prepping for our next episode because we got some, we got a heavy drinking crew on the next episode. Ah, so. Oh, I am so that's a, that's a little uh, that's called a Fire. teaser. It's called a teaser, teaser. folks. Uh, I will say though, uh, it was nice hearing the Punch Farm promo. Yes, uh, go listen to that. 
we miss those dudes, like, and their rumor has it that uh, we may be seeing them uh, at a certain event come October. Oh so my God, I hope so. Rumor, rumor <laughs> has it. Rumor I don't want to be telling tales out of school, but I'm out of school. I'm fingers crossed. My fingers are crossed. My toes are crossed. Anything else that I can cross is crossed. Crossed. My legs are crossed. My arms are crossed. My eyes are crossed. That's probably why I can't see. Crossed my beard. That's disturbing. You don't know. I have a long beard. No, that's true. Not really. But are you guys ready to talk about the man? The ma- what the fuck are you doing? Ignore him. Ignore, please just okay, ignore okay. him. Um, blah, 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 blah. People that, out there, you just up. don't want to know. Don't want to know. Be thankful Wait. you can't see. You can only hear. Anyways, so we are going to talk about Alfred Hitchcock, the man who started it all, the master of suspense. Um, the reason why we are doing it is a couple of weeks ago, we've been trying to figure out some topics this is like honesty truth question uh, this is a hot topic this is a hot topic um uh so we we're we were trying to figure out what we should do for the next couple of weeks planning for this show and i currently just finished a course um a six-week course online from turn a classic movie or tcm they did a free online course um, they do this every year of uh, 50 years of Alfred Hitchcock, which is, done in six weeks is a lot of films, a lot of learning, a lot of clips, and a lot of respect, new respect for this man. And so did you get like a certificate of completion? Yes, I did. I did good. I got... Certificate of authenticity? I got an A, A minus, I think. Yay, so. that's good. Yeah. It's free, so I mean, I mean, it was a really good course. If you're an individual who likes films or really wants to learn, kind of like the mechanics of like how Alfred Hitchcock has progressed over from his time in silent films and British years to his transition from British films to United States films to his peak years to Universal years, it's a really good good course and you learn at your own pace i kind of fell behind at one point because i was just dealing with too much and but it's really fun and you learn a lot and um turn a classic does this like every year so um hopefully next year they'll do something comedic based i know a few years ago they did like a comedy one but i would really enjoy to do really enjoy uh doing like a screwball comedy because that those don't get enough love in my life but um, so around the table question, when was the first time you, or what is the first Alfred Hitchcock film you've got introduced or, um, kind of what is like the earliest exposure to Alfred Hitchcock that you've guys had? Who wants to go first? I'll go first. Okay. Um, so I'm trying to remember exactly when it was, uh, I think it was, I think it was before middle school. So, mm-hmm. but uh, so I'm gonna say like maybe fifth or sixth grade. Mm-hmm. Um, I was I was older, like an older kid, but I wasn't exactly in middle school yet. Um, and it was the birds, mm-hmm. and I w- vaguely remember it. Um, I was in my room chilling out and just kind of like flipping through the channels, and I believe it was. 
uh, Turner Classic Movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was like, oh, cup, cup, coming up next, The Birds. And this was at that, I was at that age where I was really getting interested in horror movies. But again, like, wasn't allowed to watch them, yada, yada. So um, <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm like, you know, The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. I'm like, oh, that guy does horror stuff. Like... <laughs> I'm gonna watch it. Like yeah. I think I, I don't can't remember if I was home by myself or like I was just I was in the room by myself, and so I watched it and I remember just thinking to myself, I don't want to go outside. Like I'm never going outside like yeah. ever again. Um, but no, not in the sense that you know I wasn't. It wasn't scary, but it was so suspenseful and it was so well done. And there were moments of just sheer. T- Terror in this film over birds, guys. Like yeah. birds, like little fucking birds. Um, but there are moments. I don't just think they were fucking. Sheer. <laughs> Thank you, Patrick. Um, but just moments of sheer terror on yeah. the actors, and I'm sure we'll get into this later. Um, yeah. Like Hitchcock's like methods and stuff. Yeah. So I don't want to give too much away right now. But moments of just sheer, <laughs> like actual, real terror on these actors' faces that I was just like, oh my god! Like, what am I watching? Like, yeah. I thought this channel was like, you know. PG like this is this is crazy and there was a lot more blood than I was anticipating yeah. too and I think we'll get into that a little bit yeah. more later as well but I loved it I ate it up like I couldn't get enough of it and then shortly after that they were playing Psycho yeah. this was like more like later at night um, I was like the only one awake and was flipping through the, the channels and came across Psycho, and I was like, oh, what is this? And watched that. It was just like, holy shit. Holy shit, the shower scene. Oh, my God. So, um, but yeah, so my first my first actual exposure was The Birds, shortly followed by Psycho. Nice. The first foray into it. Yes. How about you, Patsy? Same. Uh, the Birds. I actually watched it with my parents because they were like, oh, you like, you know, scary stuff and this and that. Like, oh, let's, why don't you watch this? And I thought it was very uh, well done. Like, we had been on, to like, a, an animal attack type thing. Like, I just mm-hmm. recently watched Jaws, Planet of the Apes. Yep. So, I mean, you know, this is the natural progression of things. You know, shark, monkeys, birds. Um, and I thought it Did was... Did you watch Arachnophobia after? <laughs> Arachnophobia hadn't come out yet. Oh, so that was a long time ago. <laughs> this was probably not quite 30 years ago. Maybe, like, 26, 27. I think I was 7 or 8. So almost, almost thirty years ago. Wow. Yeah. So all those other movies had come out, but not, uh, not, uh, not arachnophobia. And what did you think of your first exposure to Hitchcock? I didn't think it was that scary, but I think at the same time I wasn't looking at it as the same way they were looking at it. Like if I I look at it now. Mm-hmm. And I find it to be scarier now because of, like, the real implications because, you know, I like science, so I like, you know, looking into, like, birds can use tools and mimic human speech. And, like, I think of that type of thing, like, you know, I would do that in my my remake. You know, birds luring people outside, like, you know, calling people, like, hey, come on outside. Like, or just, like, mimicking, like, their name, and then they go outside and just, Bam! to the face well not only that i think like as you get older you watch movies differently yeah you know you approach movies differently you um 
you know, take what you've learned throughout life and a lot of these situational horror movies like yeah. The Birds, you know, are it, all of a sudden it's scarier because you can actually put yourself in the shoes of the characters yeah. versus, you know, when you're younger, you're just like, oh, this is just make believe. This is just, you know, imaginary. It's just a movie. Yeah. You know, and I mean, granted, you know, you think the same thing when you're watching it as an adult, but it's easier to put yourself in the shoes of the character and to kind of get carried away with it. And that's another thing, too, about Hitchcock, the way that he writes his characters. Yeah. It's so easy to kind of just get wrapped up in it and, you know, get carried away. See, so, for me... The scariest part of that wasn't, you know, people getting attacked and, like, you know, the guy in the phone booth. It was all the birds just, like, sitting there doing nothing as they're, like, okay. Watching. The birds own this town Menacingly. <laughs> the ending yeah. was supposed to be, um, they were supposed to drive away over the Golden Gate Bridge. And I think that would have started the, uh, the trope of the Golden Gate Bridge being destroyed every time it was... It's featured in a film because yeah. it always has to be. But them, you know... Thanks, the, the, Godzilla. The heroes <laughs> driving over the bridge and just like hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of birds all like lining every single structure. Mm-hmm. So what about you, Agent Nicole? Um, so let's see. I was in eighth grade um, or going in... No, wait. Yeah, I was going into eighth grade and we had summer reading cl- course or we had selective summer reading and um, I picked Rebecca by Daphne Demure and I was like, okay, I really, it's actually one of my absolute favorite books of all time and my dad had s- saw the book and was like, oh, there's an Alfred Hitchcock film about it. I was like, oh, okay. So we rented the film from the local library and I um I was amazed like I've, I have had heard about Alfred Hitchcock from like listening to my dad talk about it we in in our household like watching old classic films was like was always typical like if it wasn't Star Trek or if it wasn't British comedies it was always old films and so he didn't let me see the birds he didn't let me see psycho he didn't let me see rear window so i was kind of kind of not exposed to that until later on like a couple of years ago so when i was a kid he kind of exposed me to the like the stuff that wasn't too scary to so so to speak but um with Laurence olivier and joan fontaine and the love story seeing how this was alfred's El- Alfred Hitchcock's first film in the United States with uh, David O. Silsnick, who did Gone with the Wind. Um, he, he, uh, Alfred Hitchcock wanted to do something um, different from the book. And they had multiple um, rewrites over it because Alfred Hitchcock wanted it in a certain way. And uh, David O. Selznick was really reluctant. He wanted it to be continuing from the book, so it was. It's probably one of my favorite book film adaptions. It's really it stays true to the book, and the suspense was phenomenal. And um, yeah, that was my first exposure to Alfred Hitchcock. And I wish I got to see the birds as a kid because I'm sure I probably would have been scared shitless of like going outside and the birds coming around and flying near me but 
I guess dad did something right or good for once. <laughs> no, I will say that, you know, after w- after watching it as a child, like you are a little more cautious, you know, going outside to play with your friends and stuff. You're just kind of like looking over your shoulder like there's a bird on the wire. <laughs> Yo. No, I'm that's gonna watch it. that's that's uh, <laughs> Melanie Griffith. Well, no, but you know, <laughs> Stupid. excuse me. There's a bird on the telephone line. I'm just going to watch it and make sure it's not going to start dive-bombing us. Uh, I could fight a bird. I'm not worried about a bird. Like but what about hundreds? like... Uh, yeah, but like when there's, when there's one, there's others somewhere. Yeah. There's always a flock. A flock of seagulls coming Murder around. of crows. Yeah, and well, they ran. If, yeah, I was yeah, say, I was if a flock of seagulls <laughs> came at me, I would run so far away. Oh, we just did that joke like two seconds. I know, but that's what I was going to say. Anyway, so let's... Well, I have, I have a quick question. As far no. as, you know, when you said you never got a chance to see Rare Window, did you ever see the remake that was utter garbage starring Shia LaBeouf, where he didn't have a broken wasn't like leg? Dis- wasn't like Disturbia or something like that? Yes. Yeah, that was. <laughs> speaking of that story, it is garbage. Um. So this this is a little side note story. This is life into my um, story of my life. Um, first week of college. So the first day, met my r- first roommate. Went out with my mom to stop and shop to get some groceries. Come back. My roommate already had a guy in the bed watching Disturbia. And let's just say my mom walked out of that room and pulled me aside and was like, either you deal with your roommate or I'm pulling you out of college. (laughs) So now the question is, did she know the guy? Apparently, so Facebook was... Hey, do you want to come snuggle and watch a movie? So, um... So Facebook was like starting to get really big at this time, like okay. really, really big. So what um, year was this? Nineteen, uh, 19. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. nineteen, two thousand and seven. Okay, so um, and that was your freshman year. Fresh two thousand and seven into two thousand and eight was my, my freshman, freshman year. Was nineteen ninety nine? That's sad. I was in like first grade. Yeah, I graduated <laughs> college in two thousand. Oh, hello, so. hello. Gee, stop wrecking the equipment. Wolfie's gonna take that out of your pay. What pay? Exactly. Um, yeah, no. She, so, like, our college did, like, a kind of, like, group forum for, like, New Year's. So, like, she um, she and the guy had bonded over, like, having birthdays, like, next to each other, like, day after. Oh, my God. You have a birthday? Me, too. Let's be friends. Oh, my God. Yeah. We have so much in common. You eat food, too. Oh, my God. And then a couple of days later, I saw, like we went to Six Flags and she got like a temporary tattoo and she came back the next day and her temporary tattoo was like smudged all over her back and I was like, so someone got laid and she was like, yeah. And I was like, thank God you didn't do it in our room. It was the best prize at the carnival. (laughs) Anyways, back, back that train up and let's talk about Alfred Hitchcock. So, little bit of some history. So, Alfred Hitchcock was born on August 13th 1899. His mother, Emma, and William Hitchcock, they were from England. Um, his father was a grocer and a, um, I would say, kind of like a fish market seller. Fishmonger. Yep. Uh, thank you. Um, some of, or I'm going to shorten it and say Hitch because he call, had everybody call him Hitch. Hitch was really into travel, maps, transportation, particularly boats and trains. Which boats and hose. Boats and hose. 
um, films. Um, he graduated from Golden's, uh, Goldsmith College in 1915, studied illustration and composition, including depth of field, shadow, light, and uses of color. His early work began at W.T. Henley's Telegraph Works, and he worked there for about seven years, mostly working from sales to later on in um, advertising development department in 1919. He just kind of crafted his own designs, kind of trying to um, enhance business for that company. He ended up being hired in 1921 by the famous players Lansky at um, FPL, where he actually got to meet his wife, Alma Revy, um, who at the time was working as an assistant director and kind of like editing and cutting films. And a lot of Hitchcock's um, success would go, be dedicated to his wife, Alma, who basically kind of was his um, kind of like his like right hand person kind of telling him like this is what you should do editing a lot of his work editing stories um so basically all the films that he has made you should thank his wife she's the one who kind of basically pushed pushed him to create a lot of his films like psycho and rear window um if she didn't like any of the films he didn't go on with that um so um, his first film that he's ever directed was a film called The Pleasure Garden in 1925. He, in his span from 1920, in the 1920s to the early 30s, he had done at least 30 films. Ten of them um, would be silent films, including The Pleasure Garden and The Lodger, which is one of um, his noted films that kind of, kind of craft his Hitchcock touch or the the idea of like the blondes or the specific camera angles and he did about 15 talkie films as they used to say back in the day and then um, he noted at a very early on in his career that stars kind of made the film so he made sure that he had someone who can um, bring an audience to his films because that's how he's going to make money. Um, when he was crafting these films, he wanted to tell the story right off the bat. Let, he wanted to take an average man and woman and put him in a bar, bizarre situation. He wanted audience to not worry about the story, so he would purposely tell you the story right off the bat so that the audience can worry about the stars more and if it was a bigger like bigger the star the more people would worry if like the star was going to make it at the end like Cary Grant or Jimmy Stewart or Grace Kelly Janet Lee or Janet Lee correct which um which I'll talk about in shortly so he he um he has done this for so many years and he crafted his style right off the bat. He knew what he wanted to do. And basically he was, you know, he, hold on. I have like a gazillion notes here. Um, There was a French critic that said like, he was the, like he's the director, the author of his film. His films were his stories that he wanted to tell or portray out to the public. And, you see he's had over 60 films and a television show 
which you know inspired directors today like you can see like style like his influence in like david lynch and quentin tarantino and steven spielberg and martin's um scorsese scorsese thank you and you know he is such an influential person in the film and film industry and television industry and in 2012, I guess it was like the year of Alfred Hitchcock because there were two films that portrayed him, which was um, The Girl, which starred uh, Toby Toby Jones as Alfred Hitchcock. And Who you Sienna, might know from the Marvel films. Yes. I'm like having a blank. Uh, Arnim Zola. Yes. The bad guy who was the henchman to... Uh, Red Skull. No. Hugo Weaving's Red Skull. Yeah. And um, Sienna Miller or Naomi Watts. Not Watt. Naomi Watts. <laughs> Not Naomi Watts as uh, Tippy, Tippy Head Headrun. Yes. And um, that came out in September slash October by HBO and BBC. And then a month later, Sir Anthony Hopkins played the title role of Hitchcock with um, Helen Mir as his wife. And both films i i know patrick and ashes has not seen the films but the films tell two different story mostly at the very end of alfred hitchcock's life um toby jones out of the two in my personal opinion out of the two the creepiest was toby jones he really um he really took alfred hitchcock's persona and who he was to a next level of just pure creepiness um Hedren has stated like this this film was like the most intense 90 minutes of her life while she said she had said like it portrayed an accurate Hitchcock in her eyes of of to her because there had been a lot of um obsession uh from hitchcock over tippy because he wanted the next grace kelly wanted someone to take over that role because he was obsessed with grace kelly and a lot of the films you see him being obsessed with blondes so he really wanted to basically control tippy wanting to push her to the edges and you see that a lot of with the methods that he does and um he wanted to push her to the tippy point yeah um and it's and with um directing and how he produces films he did everything in a closed set i know with psycho he had bought all the copies of psycho the the book because he didn't want anybody to know the ending he didn't want anybody to learn of what was going to happen and a lot of that um the history of psycho is featured in the anthony hopkins film and he went out there and he made um everybody swore that they would not release any information any details about it because paramount was kind of not feeling him doing a horror film he was taking his suspense and his thrillers to the next level by doing a horror film and Paramount had no faith in him which is really sad because you know this guy he has made money for so many people his last hit before Psycho was North by Northwest with Cary Grant and it was for a different company and so Paramount was kind of like you know we want something just like North by Northwest and 
And Hitchcock was just like, no, I'm going to do Psycho regardless. If I have to fund it myself, I will do Psycho. And you see him basically that infamous shower scene where Janet Lee, he basically took, took took things to his own hands, basically being the one that basically stabs her in there to show like this is the reaction I want, which is very similar to a specific... Uh, director who in 2009 took matters to his own hands in Inglorious Bastards with Quentin Tarantino basically choking um, Bridget von Hammerschmack in that film. So it's just, it's kind of seeing how much Hitchcock's methods and his craftsmanship and everything that he has done, taking his stories and making it real, has, ex- you know, expanded to. Um, other directors and next generation directors that will come before us or after us. Um, Patsy, do you have anything that you want to contribute? <laughs> I do. A uh, couple of the things you already touched on, like buying all the copies of Psycho and um, the uh, Tippy Hedron nervous breakdown. Uh, that was in my notes. But there was a couple of things, uh, especially where it pertains to Psycho, which might be his most famous film. Um, the Sam Loomis connection. There's a fan theory that Sam Loomis from uh, Psycho is the same Sam Loomis, Loomis from, from the Halloween oh, yeah. series. And now some people are saying that you know the the loss of his girlfriend and everything you know made him want to eradicate all evil from the world, and that's why he's so hell bent at stopping Michael Myers. But then there are those who say you know it's just coincidence, and the reason why Sam Loomis is named Sam Loomis is because. Jamie Lee Curtis is Janet Lee's daughter. So yeah. uh, this also started the whole trend of no one will be admitted after X amount of minutes Correct. because of, you know, the infamous shower scene. Like he was probably, uh, if I'm, I believe I'm correct. He is the first person to kill off a main star, like mm-hmm. within the opening 10 minutes of a film. 30 minutes. That's what, yeah. Um, they talk about that in the uh, film. Alma was like, you know, he was like, oh, I should wait halfway through the movie. And she's like, no, do it in the first 30 minutes. Makes it, you know. Yeah, like people are like, oh, I'm here to see, I'm here to see Janet Lee. I'm here to see Janet Lee. I'm here to see Janet Lee. Oh, that's disappointing. <laughs> um, but it's, it's, it's also been, um, been lampooned many times, especially by The Simpsons, which, you know, kind of lampoons everything. Uh, there's one of the uh, Treehouse of Horror episodes where it opens up with the Alfred Hitchcock presents theme, mm-hmm. uh, where it shows like the silhouette and like you know Homer walks to the silhouette of, and he and he turns to the camera and says "Good evening," the same way that Hitchcock used to do on the opening mm-hmm. of that show. Um, there's also the the episode where Maggie's in daycare, <laughs> Walmart. It's got a streetcar named Marge, and. Uh, Maggie's in daycare and the babies are all lined up after they take over the daycare. It's like uh, it's like uh, the birds where they're all lined up and like Homer's walking and like all the babies are just like lined up everywhere, like mm-hmm. not doing anything. It's like yeah. the end of the birds. Yeah. And it's like, oh, babies. <laughs> and as he walks outside with, uh, you know, his three kids, he walks out and you see you know, walking by because he always had himself as a cameo in every film. Mm-hmm. You see Hitchcock walking a little dog, you know, past all the, the lines of babies. Um, they also had another thing where they, they go to Itchy and Scratchy Land and they get uh Marge was like, I knew we should have I knew we should have gone to the bird sanctuary and they show Hans Moleman in a in a 
phone booth and there's birds everywhere attacking everyone. Mm-hmm. He's like, I need the biggest seed bell you have. No, that's too big. <laughs> and then, of course, the... Um, oh, I just totally lost the list. Oh, the uh, the one where Homer gets hit in the head by Maggie with a mallet and they're mm-hmm. playing the, the psycho theme. Mm-hmm. And he gets hit, and he falls. And as he falls, he grabs a curtain, and the curtain, you know, tears off just like it does in Psycho. And uh, a can of red paint falls down next to him, and it swirls around the drain, just like that iconic scene. Yeah. So, I mean, there's there's that stuff. I um, just realized um, while you were talking that um, in season five of that '70s show, they do a Halloween special, which is basically all of Alfred Hitchcock's kind of. They kind of give a, like a homage, like Eric Foreman. Um, is chasing Fez on top of the roof and he falls and has vertigo and Fez is watching the next door neighbor try to undress which is a tribute to Rear Window um, Eric's uh, sister goes over to the next door neighbors to feed the birds like um, so much of his work is constantly being parodied or you know people are giving homage to tribute paying tribute yes thank you and um i know we have a voicemail from an evil corny stark raving corny yes and um i think he's probably gonna talk about his favorite hitchcock film hopefully maybe let's see hey guys this is evil corny um with hitchcock he might be one of my favorite classic directors i've pretty much seen all of his films but the two standouts to me are um, Vertigo and Strangers on a Train and um, that's what it with my call I was just calling to tell you all that and I was also wanting to know how many of his movies did um, Agent Nicole get around of watching so I think at one point me and her talked about her going through his the Hitchcock library and just watching you know some of the films and I just want to know how many of those films she's watched and what you know which ones um, she's enjoying the most alright y'all have a good one Evil Corny out thanks Evil Corny bye thank you for your lovely lovely voicemail um, so before I had took took this course I had seen probably a handful a lot of his not so known stuff or like kind of like they're known but like not as highly appraised or praised but like like Psycho and Rear Window and um and The Birds uh I one of the only comedy films that Hitchcock had ever directed was 1941's Mr. and Mrs. Smith with with Carol Lombard who's one of my absolute favorite actresses um that was one of the first films I had watched and Rebecca a lot of his early stuff that he came to America with was what I had seen prior to um prior to the course and then taking this course I've kind of dove in and started watching um the lodger which is one of my favorites alfred hitchcock silent films um rope with jimmy stewart again uh, uh 
now I'm drawing a blank. Why uh, Jamaica Jamaica N, which is a really good one. Jamaican me crazy. Um, in 1939, which was his last British film, uh, British directed film before moving to Hollywood. Um, Vertigo, which was was a success, but not a success that a lot of the movie um, movie moguls were impressed with. They this was actually Alfred Hitchcock was not going to cast Jimmy Stewart anymore because of the not the not having a really big success. So he was going to have Jimmy Stewart. Jimmy Stewart had auditioned to be um, in North by Northwest, but Alfred Hitchcock was trying to find another film, kind of not trying to break his his one of his favorite stars heart and um, got rear window for him. Was uh, that, uh, Cary Grant. Cary Grant, North yeah. Northwest. Yeah, he Jimmy Stewart was going to do that, but he wanted Cary Grant, but he didn't have the heart to tell Jimmy Stewart that he didn't want to put him in there because of his kind of... Their working relationship. Well, no, just because there wasn't a lot of good success with Vertigo, so he was kind of hesitant with having him be in another film, so that he was trying to find another film to kind of you know, get him off of North by Northwest. Um, suspicion with Cary Grant again and Ingram... Ingrid Bergman, um, Notorious, Notorious B.I.G. Yes, Notorious B.I.G. Um, Strangers on a Train. I probably watched at least fifteen films. A lot of it would be the silent films that I try to learn and like trying to see his um, his uh, craft being kind of expanded or being blossoming into what we know of the Hitchcock touch so um, we'll definitely have to talk more about Alfred Hitchcock evil corny because I have so much to talk about about him we can cover some of the characters from the movies yeah definitely Um, but anything else from anybody Uh, I've always wanted to see lifeboat because that sounds like really like a really interesting like the lifeboat is like a if I remember correctly a group of uh, uh, British folks who are on a lifeboat after being torpedoed by a German Mm U-boat and they find somebody floating in the water and ends up being uh, one of the German soldiers that just torpedoed their boat. Yeah. So like that's just an awesome, awesome uh, concept for a film. Yeah, I I didn't get a chance to see it. A lot of when I was doing my course, um, I would get movies from the library, but a lot of the f- movies were basically um, kind of checked out. And I was thinking, oh, everyone else is taking a Hitchcock course. Or, like, they would, like, my library goes to other libraries. Like, kind of, like, they have, like, a network, and they try to get all the films that they could. So, like, I was watching The 39 Steps and To Catch a Thief and... All sorts of stuff. So, how about you, Ash? Is anything else from you? Um, so, I know we touched base a little bit on the fact that he was kind of infatuated with blondes. Oh, yeah. And we were talking about this earlier. Yes. And I kind of want I want you to give this explanation because you gave it so brilliantly. Oh, I have the exact quote. Yes. The he Alfred Hitchcock had said, "Blondes make the best victims. They're like virgin snow that shows up in a bloody footprints." Footsteps, sorry. Footsteps, yeah. Yeah, I just think that's brilliant. It's just, 
he had a huge infatuation with blondes, especially in his first film, uh, 1925's The Pleasure Garden. Like, right off the bat, 10, uh, ten minutes in, um, actress Virginia Valley, Valley or something like that, um, she was a blonde. And there was, like, this old dude who was, like, like, she was on a stage and she's dancing and, like, this old old geezer was like oh i really like her and he goes up backstage and he pulls her aside and he's like tugging on her blonde hair and so he cuts off a piece of her hair and was and she's like oh you can keep it creeper like and like dances away so he's always had an affection with blondes um kim i uh, know kim novak was not a blonde um, no she was a brunette and she was the best part of uh planet of the apes yeah um which is really funny because kim novak was very against the girls and saying that he was not like obsessive and stuff and then she was she made like kind of like a joke like i guess i wasn't his type kind of deal like obviously she was not a blonde but like you see um tippy hedron grace kelly um ingrid ingrid bergman wasn't really a blonde i think she was like a dirty blonde but he he loved blondes and that quote is true like they were they were shown as being innocent and like a whole bloody mess of everything but um yeah he was really obsessed with blondes like what did we we had a joke like you said blondes had more fun or something like that yeah i said they, so they say they have blonde blondes have more fun and then i made like a noise of like fuck that no they're not but um he is one of he is one of like after taking this course and like understanding him more which or and understanding a little bit because there's so much to this man this iconic figure that is he's so complex and it's hard to a six-week course isn't gonna cut it for me i'm i'm gonna learn more about him but if you are ever interested out there all you folks wanted to learn more about him um peter Ackroyd wrote um a really great um bio about him um alfred hitchcock a brief moment or brief life or something like that i one of those two came out a couple years ago and it's fantastic and if you have a chance watch the films the girl and with toby toby jones and sienna miller and Hitchcock with uh, Sir Anthony Hopkins. They're both online. They're streaming. Take a take a look. Enjoy it if you can. But um, I think that's going to wrap things up for our Hitchcock uh, discussion. But um, before we go, this is what we're going to have up next. Uh, I know we have a voice. We have two voicemails. We got battle results. We got science facts, wine facts, maybe a files. So... Stay tuned.
Hello, this is the Sasquatch, aka Bigfoot, but you can just call me Frank. And when I'm not stomping around the woods throwing rocks at hunters, I like to listen to the Paranormal Punchers podcast. That's right, Paranormal Punchers. They talk about all things paranormal, and they're hilarious. Go find them on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, Google Play, and ParanormalPunchers.com. Welcome back. All right, you guys. So you're thinking, what the hell was she talking about? We're doing science facts and wine and files coming up this episode. Well, next episode is going to be a very jam-packed episode. Patsy, what are we talking about next week? Well, next week we are talking about one of my favorite characters of all time, and uh, it ties in nicely with the uh, recent release of the movie. Uh, we're going to be talking about Roland Deschain of the Dark Tower, uh, Stephen King's magnum opus works. Well, that's what magnum opus means, great work. Uh, but yes, he uh, he's one of the coolest characters um, because you see so much development with him. And uh, we're going to have a couple of folks on who are uh, going to palaver with us who are also uh, tower junkies. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're going to have the uh, very talented and... Uh, very sexy uh, Jeremy McFarlane on, and he's going to bring some knowledge, uh, as well as uh, somebody who, you know, is, it's very obvious that he is a huge Dark Tower fan, uh, Mr. Jeremy Slagoth. And since, uh, you know, two's company, but three's a crowd, uh, we decided we're going to get a little crowded up in here by adding Jeremy Lloyd of the Dark Tower Radio podcast. Um, he is a huge tower junkie, loves it, as you can tell that the, by the fact that he does a podcast dedicated solely to the Dark Tower series. Um, and Mr. Slagoth has been on there for a few times. Plus, mm-hmm. we've been dying to get Slagoth on the show. Yes. It's been, it's far overdue. 60 episodes is way too, way too long to have gotten Slagoth on here. Um, so the three of them, we're going to have three Jeremys on next week. Uh, it'll be the most Jeremys... Uh, uh, per capita for any any podcast that I'm wow. aware of, so I don't I don't know if that's uh, if that's a record or something. But I'm gonna mm-hmm. in between recordings I'm gonna call Guinness and find out <laughs> if anybody else has had more Jeremy's uh, per square inch on their on their podcast. Wow! But before we get into any of our normal uh, rituals, we have battle results. So last week we talked. We had initiated a battle between Terminator and RoboCop, and the grand winner is Terminator. Yeah, I mean there were there were some other. I'm folks. not really surprised. Yeah, I'm not either. Well, if you would if you'd watch and somebody posted the video, the Screw Attack video, uh, they they do a death battle and their death battle uh, had RoboCop coming out on top, but. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Uh, I don't think RoboCop would beat the Terminator. I don't think so. Well, because RoboCop is still part human. Yeah. Like, Terminator has no human qualities at all, whereas RoboCop is still human. He still has a human soul and a human psyche and, like, human morals and stuff. So I feel like that would ultimately be RoboCop's downfall is the fact that, you know, you still have, like, that, that 
human quality and you know terminator is just a ruthless killing machine depending on what it's programmed to do Mm -hmm. so you program the terminator to kill robocop and that's what it's going to do and it will stop at nothing uh uh, until you know it's it's finished its task Mm -hmm. so that's why you know whereas robocop can think and he can think for thinking takes time takes hesitation uh, Robocop, I mean, not Robocop, but Terminator wouldn't think because it wouldn't have the capabilities <laughs> to think. It would just constantly be like in go mm-hmm. mode because that's what it's programmed main, to do. The main difference, you know, to kind of piggyback onto what you're saying is uh, Robocop would have a, a some measure of uh, self-preservation where yes. the Terminator does not. Like, he's not alive. He never was alive. He doesn't have people that he cares about. Mm-hmm. So and also the Terminator isn't afraid to put itself into certain situations where it could get hurt yeah. or it even could if die it is, it's or whatever going. because it's still going to keep going exactly yeah. versus you know RoboCop who still has human parts you know would be more hesitant to put itself into you dangerous have human situations. parts who are part human and cannot join the League of Robots or the Leaguey Weegies. <laughs> uh, we all we have a voicemail from our frequent uh, voicemail. Our good buddy Nick. Our good buddy Nick. Uh, talk about RoboCop versus Terminator. Might be one moment actually. It looks like okay. I'm having an issue with the media player. So well, I'm very interested to hear. Uh, what Nick thinks of uh, RoboCop versus Terminator because I'm sure he's seen both films, um, so I'm I'm interested to hear uh, what he thought of those two and uh, how they would match up against each other. So uh, let's let's hear that now. Hey, throw it on Thursday, Nick here. Uh, I said I'd call you guys a voicemail once I watch Shin Godzilla, and that's what I'm gonna do. So I'm not the biggest Godzilla fan like Patrick is um, I think he's cool cool creature and all um, haven't really watched enough of the movies so I don't know yet but like um, I really liked um, the 2014 one I probably like the, the one in 98 or whatever I, I don't know but um, I watched Shin Godzilla and I think I learned like you know, because I've not seen a lot of the Toho ones. This is probably the first Toho one I really sat down and watched the whole thing. And, <clears throat> you know, I think they deal with... I mean, it's their creature that's their story. I think they deal with a lot of what would we do in a mass hysteria, in a mass, like, destruction like this. And that's kind of what the movie is. It's the governments going together and figuring out what to do... Now that this monster is uh, attacking the city, I thought he looked awesome. In the beginning, it was a little weird, and he looked very like blobby. And like I've never seen—that was one thing for me. I've never seen a Godzilla movie where he like metamorphoses or transforms. He throw it on Thursday, evolves into you know his final form. <laughs> so that was different for me. In the beginning, I was kind of like, "What the heck?" I thought this was like something he verses, like a lot of those Godzilla movies. But then once he became Godzilla, like, he looked really great. Um, their CGI was a little iffy, but that's fine. I mean, it's their, it's their film, you know, it's their kind of, it's their monster, basically. And, um, yeah, I just, I, I felt like if it dealt more with the monster, with Godzilla, 
destroying the city, which there was plenty of it, but just I didn't need the boardroom talk as much, you know. Uh, I didn't watch, I, I posted that I was going to watch Godzilla 2014, which I like, I feel like I like more, but but I haven't watched it in a while. I didn't end up watching it because I fell asleep, but um, I'm going to get back to that one, see if I like because I know that one's a lot of talking too, and but I just feel like his his presence was just huge in that movie. You know, just his stature and all that. So I might like that one a little more. But Shin Godzilla, I don't know. Not for me. Um, definitely cool looking. Just not enough, you know. But that's probably what those movies are. It's more of the boardroom talk. The the worst case scenario talk. The, what do we do now? Oh, that case is gone. You know, we can't do that now. What's plan B, plan C kind of thing. So I think that's more what it is. I, I, I have at some point to watch all the... Have that volume two of all the Godzilla movies. Um, so maybe one day, but yeah, I don't know. The monster's great. I just, I don't know if I like the movie so much, but, uh, I think I gave it like a C minus. It's okay. If Patrick likes the old ones, I think he'd like this one a lot, but, um, just not enough of Godzilla for me. Thanks. Bye. See, I think that's a problem that a lot of the newer films have, uh, especially 2014, which is why... Not I enough Godzilla. I like 2014. Hey, they're about to show Godzilla. Oh, oh let's, no. Let's focus on, on like some dipshit kid even, who got separated from his parents. No, Fuck like that the, kid. The monster in... The, the kaiju in 2014 like, wasn't the Mutos. even like a... Yeah, Massive it wasn't even like a... Organism. Organism. Landmark kaiju. It wasn't Mothra. It wasn't Gamera. God, I want a Gamera movie so bad. Um, I love you, Gamera. You know, not enough Godzilla, but when Godzilla shows up, boy, does Godzilla show up. Um, I thought Shin Godzilla, what I saw of it anyways, because I fell asleep. Not because the movie was bad, but because, because I was, it was really like 1 fucking tired. I was running off of like three hours of sleep. Um because you were up all night what hunting is, a gecko, but that's yeah, a story for another day. Sorry for another day. Um, but yeah, I thought it was what I saw of it was very well done. I liked the evolution of Godzilla. I thought that was very cool. Um, having a background in evolution, I really appreciated that. Uh, having him come up from the water with like the fish eyes and gills and you know fins and you know watching it go through almost like an amphibian like transformation i just thought it was so cool i thought that was very well done it's different hasn't been done before this and, is the first time they've the shown godzilla that, go through puberty yeah and the fact that you know there have been like umpteen million <coughs> godzilla movies at this point the fact that they were able to do something that we haven't seen before i mean kudos to that that was just really cool but yeah definitely cool looking godzillas i like it when godzilla lights up and breathes the fire he's not like I'm Godzilla. All right, well, I just love that. We did those out of order. Yes, that's okay. That's okay. Any, any excuse to talk about Godzilla. So let's get to the other one, and let's hear what Nick says about Terminator. Hey, Throwdown Thursday podcast, Nick here. Um, I'm a little late on this one, but I wanted to talk about Terminator and RoboCop. So I'm at a toss-up. I don't know if I like RoboCop or Terminator more. I like, let's just say I like RoboCop 1 the best, the movie it's fair. in the series because it's just pure insanity action violence, like over the top gore, like they don't need it and it's just fun like oh, there's whole, the there's like the two dick. scenes where two characters get shot up like uncontrollably, Robocop and then the end scene um, with uh, Red Foreman so, but Kurt as Wood a Smith. character Robocop isn't that cool it's kind of just like, you know, he's like 
for the law machine, whatever. He's Frank and don't even bother watching the sequels because they're garbage. Um, then there's the Terminator, which you know, as a kid, I've only I only saw the second one, and then I went back years and years later and watched the first. And the first is good. It's more of a stalk and chase, you know, almost like a like a not a horror movie, but like a decent thriller. But two's great. Um, and that's another series. Don't watch it past two. Um, but uh, I don't know. I th- like the idea of RoboCop, but I think the Terminator is just a way cooler character. The, you know, the whole cybernetics and, you know, he's from the future. Um, his, his This this woman he's going after there with with her son, I believe, Kyle Reese. I believe her name no, is no, Sandra Day O'Connor. I don't remember. Yeah, I think it's like her husband or something. I haven't seen those movies in a while. But obviously Arnie brought a presence to Terminator that was way cooler than uh, Verhoeven was the guy who directed it. I don't know. Whatever the dude that played Robocop name was Peter Paul Weller. something. Um, Paul Verhoeven I like Terminator it. War better. It, it, more better. More because, you know, just in the pop culturism, you know, Arnold has made that character like... It's almost like you, they say, which this isn't true, but you know they say you can go anywhere in the world, and people say even if they're not, you know, have television or something. You, everyone's heard of Mickey Mouse, and everyone's heard of, um, uh, I don't know, like Mickey. Let's use Mickey Mouse, um, and everyone's heard of Batman or Superman. That's kind of like the other character. It's like everyone's heard of Terminator, but um, this is running long. So yeah, I. I'd have to go with Terminator. I just think he's a much bigger, more important pop culture figure in in films. You know, everyone wants to. Everyone's done shorts and ripoffs of Terminator. Home movies have had Terminator segments, and they still do. Um, but yeah, thanks. Bye. Thanks, Nick, for your voicemails and your opinion on Terminator versus Robocop. Robert Cop. Robert Cop. All and right. thank you for having your dog in the background yes. during the Godzilla episode. Guys, okay, so if you don't follow Nick on Facebook or Instagram, you're missing out because he has the cutest dogs. They are so they are cute. cute. And he posts pictures, and I love it. They are cute dogs. It's like Riley and uh, Megatron. <laughs> I don't remember. I don't think that's it. But anyways, they're adorable. And thank you so much, Nicholas, for sending us some feedback and a couple of voicemails. And uh, we may have to revisit Godzilla down the road. I definitely think so, especially because we are prepping. You know, with uh, Godzilla 2014 and King Kong this past year, we're definitely prepping for something huge. And I think that we will definitely have to uh, Millie Bobby Brown, Mira for- Vera Formiga. Oh my god! I'm excited. Kaiju, Kaiju. Um, so, anyways, thank you so much, Nicholas, for, yes, for sharing. Thank you, with thank us. you, thank you. So, we it's are about that time. I it's think. about that time that we change things up on the show and do some of our ritual stuff. So, let's talk some science. Let's do it. From the blackness of space, timeless from the void, you terrified to learn. Of Patsy's science facts. <laughs> so, 
this week I, I actually wrote down three and um, I've decided to go with the most interesting of the three uh, so quick quick question around for the three of you folks if you were to guess what the strongest life form on earth is what would you say this, the most for its size the strongest life form is it me it is not you <laughs> oh crap I don't know just take it. Take a wild guess. But I work out. Have you Have you bought your tickets to the gun show? <laughs> to yeah. the gun show. The mountain. <laughs> Wolfie, Morton. Any, Wolfie, any guess was what you would think is the strongest life form on Earth? I don't know. It Rhin- is an ant. rhinoceros. The strongest life form on Earth, capable of pulling one hundred thousand times its own weight, is an ant. Is not an ant. Ant what? can do fifty times its own weight. This is a hundred thousand times its own weight. Is it a flea? It is not a flea. It is gonorrhea bacteria. Ew. Gonorrhea bacteria is capable of pulling one. Is this the super gonorrhea? That's like this is the regular gonorrhea. I don't even really? know about the super gonorrhea. That's like resistant to all antibiotics. But yeah, stay safe out there, kids. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the strongest life form on Earth is gonorrhea bacteria. It can pull one hundred thousand times its own weight, which you know isn't a lot, like you know by our standards. But I mean, a hundred thousand times my own weight, uh, you're you're looking at uh, uh, about, a lot of weight, about thirteen million tons. A lot of weight. <laughs> I'm sorry, thirteen thirteen thousand tons, which is impressive. I feel like we need one of those, like, the more you know. We can try and find out. The more you know. So who, who's next? I think I need to get drunk. And I think this is safe to do it. New Hampshire over the weekend, or as I like to call it, the land of the cheap tax-free booze. Um, and I was perusing the wide aisle of a liquor store, and I came across something that I had seen, like advertised on TV, advertised and you know, like actual advertisements yeah. on like social media and stuff. Um, but I've never actually found it in person until this weekend. So obviously when I saw it, I had to buy it, had to try it. And boy, did it not let me down. I'm talking about Cupcake Vineyards Black Forest Decadent Red Ooh. Wine. Yeah. 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 It was, oh my goodness. It was pretty good. Yeah, yeah. It did not disappoint. So our Black Forest is a dark, decadent red blend crafted with luscious grapes along California's desirable coastal vineyards. Dripping with rich flavors of dark cherry, blackberry, pomegranate, and coffee, this wine offers a lush mouthfeel and a long, intricate finish. 
compare best with braised beef, short ribs, an indulgent chocolate treat, or as the perfect accompaniment to a night under the stars. Now, I drank this by itself after like a very long weekend of hunting for geckos. Um, <laughs> and... It was it was delicious. You definitely uh, get like that that nice deep dark dry red blend, and it definitely has like like that nice just uh, kind of like coffee espresso undertones yeah. mixed with chocolate, kind of like that mocha flavor, and then the, ch- the 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 cherry flavor hits you, and oh my god, like it has like this nice cherry like after. Uh, taste and it's not like grenadine it's not like maraschino cherry it's definitely black cherry and oh it is so decadent and I couldn't finish my glass like this is crazy guys I couldn't finish my glass because it was so rich and so indulgent I was just enjoying it so much that I just wanted to sip it I wanted to savor it and if you're looking for a wine that you just want to chill like you know if you're Netflix and chilling with somebody or just yourself or your cats you know at the end of a night and you're looking to unwind this is Cupcake Vineyards Black Forest Decadent Red. It is absolutely delicious. I highly recommend it. Uh, and yeah, it, it seriously, it tastes like the Black Forest cake, but in wine form. Is it and a cork or a screw? <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, hello. Um, uh, all depends on how much you drink. <laughs> Maybe both. Um, it's, 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 definitely, it's definitely a... Uh, We'll, we'll cork it. No, no, what, no. What I mean, like, like cork or a screw. What do you mean, cork or a screw? Like, is it a cork op- thing, or do I? Is it like a t- oh, pot, cap oh, screw? is it like no? It's it's a cork. You have to uncork it. Oh, yes. fuck. Okay. I'm like, what are you talking about? Yeah. No, it's. I not thought a that was your rating cap. system. Yeah, I was like, wait a minute, is this a new rating system? <laughs> that's the new cork it or screw <laughs> it. Um, that should be your new rating system. Oh my god. Okay, so uh, my next segment on Von Nightmare Vineyards. <laughs> Recommend a wine for me. What do you want me to try? She'll Let tell me you. know. Hit me up on the Facebook page or on Twitter. I am at Miss Von Nightmare. That is M I S S V O N N I T E M A R E. Let me know if there's a wine that you want me to try. I will cork it or screw it. I will. You're figure, welcome. I will figure out what those mean. <laughs> later on but we will cork it or, or we will screw, screw it. it um i think okay so well how about we uncork it uncork it or screw it yeah so if we uncork it that means it's good, good. if we screw it that means that we don't like it i like that so yeah recommend some shit for me and uh we'll uh, I'll, I'll 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 be your guinea pig i will try stuff within reason because this is coming out of my own budget like i Unless buy my want to offer us money Unless you want to buy me wine and fund, just case, wine. I fund the wine, will love you forever. You want me to be your friend? Just buy me wine. That's that's all it takes. But anyways, I digress. But yeah, so if you have anything that you want me to try, hit me up on the Facebook page. Hit me up on Twitter. Let me know what either you recommend and you want to see what my opinion is, or if you have been dying to try something and you want to see if I recommend it. Because let's face it, I drink a lot of wine, so I know what I'm talking about. Uh, let me know. Sounds good. And I guess we'll do me. That was so. I guess we'll do me. 
Nicole, Agent James. Nicole. This is going to be some real serious talk. So, um, this will be the last Agent Nicole Files for a while. Um, I'm going to take a break from them just because I need new stuff to watch and listen to. So, this is me reaching out to you fine folks. Let me know what you're interested in. Podcasts, TV shows, movies. Let me know. Um... The more the better so that I can enrich other people with my opinions on stuff that's happening. But I will not leave without a, a good bang. So... Whoa, what? <laughs> I don't know. I'm that's why talk. she's popular Hello! <laughs> Speaking Ow. of corking or screwing... And Agent Nicole is the sober one right now. There is, there is no hope for any of us no. at this point. Um. Uh, fuck. I, I can't even say. I just, um. Anyways. Um. So when we started this whole crazy podcast, I was known as the Lady of Comic Con. So for today's files, I'm going to teach you or tell you and give you tips on how to survive a comic convention because there's a lot of people who do not know how to survive a comic convention. There's a lot to a comic convention. So these are my tips. Number one, bring Advil or Tylenol. You will need it. Trust me, you will need it. Um, the overstimulation that you will get from all the people, all the talking, all the screaming, all the yelling, the long lines. All the good bangs. All the good bangs. You're going to need some pain medication. Two, bring a water bottle. A collapsible... Collapsible... Oh, fuck. Uh, collap. I can't even. Collapsible. S- Thank you. Um, you are allowed to bring water bottles, um, ones that you can reuse. Uh, so take one with you. Saves you money. Who really wants to buy six, seven dollar dollars worth of water and soda? Not me. Water's free. Take a chance on water. Three. Make sure you have cash. A lot of places will have long ATM lines. You don't want to be stuck in that line and miss your photo op with Benedict Cumberbatch. So, make sure you've got cash on you. Um, the four, use public transportation. <laughs> I don't know, I'm just talking out of my butt right now. But um, use public transportation. Drive with a buddy. Use Uber. Um, you don't want to be spending 30 bucks for a parking spot near a convention. And five, yes. Or just say carpool with your friends. Carpool with your friends. And if you don't have any friends, find some. <coughs> yes. Craigslist that shit. Yeah, there is a website where you can get a companion friend. I know someone who needs one. Is it you? No, it's not me. I always have friends. I love my friends. Um, number five. Uh, bring food. Bring snacks. Um, snacks that are going to last that aren't going to spoil like PB&J's or cracker cookie or cookies and crackers and number six because I can't think of anything else have fun have fun enjoy 
post your pictures. Wear sensible shoes unless sensible. you're cosplaying. Yes, thank you. I was like, I know I'm a six foot. Yes, you wear reasonable shoes. Do not wear sandals because you might be doing ten miles of walking. Um, plan out your schedules. There's a lot of panels, and a lot of panels um, kind of run into different times. So if you are looking to have a panel with um, Stan Lee, but you really want to go see a panel with the guys from the Vampire Diaries, make sure you know what day those are and the location. Um, I usually do three-day passes, so usually my first day is where I'm scoping out where all the locations are, so... There will be more um, tips that I'll spread to the world. And um, till next time, everybody, I will hopefully get some feedback from you lovely folks about what I should be watching, what I should be listening to. So please, please, please send me stuff. And that is going to wrap up with today's episode on Throwdown Thursday. Po- uh, thir- oh, my God. Why Throwdown Thursday podcast. Podcast. Um, next week, we have a... A triple Jeremy sandwich when oh, we talk yeah. about <laughs> the Dark Towers, Roland. And um, until next time, we will, we will see, see you next, next Thursday. Thursday. <laughs>